episode of the Touch Points podcast put on by East Point Bible Church. Hopefully this episode will encourage you and challenge you in your faith. Uh, the, the question we're going to focus on uh, this episode is how would you summarize the Christian faith or the Christian life uh, with one phrase? Uh, many summaries could be given uh, that focus on the major elements of the Christian faith, uh, such as making disciples, uh, being holy, uh, being witnesses, uh, serving God with our lives, etc. Uh, with with many of those summaries that I'm sure all of you could give, many of them, uh, containing and representing the truth of what it means to be a Christian. I'm sure limitless summaries could be given, a lot of them being true and having scriptural basis, basis behind them. Uh, but we're going to focus on a phrase the Apostle P- Paul uses uh, four times in his letters uh, that summarizes his expectation or hope uh, for Christians to fulfill. And from this phrase, we gain the essential understanding of the truth that summarizes the Christian life. When we look at what Paul wrote, uh, we may be able to understand and grasp what the Christian life should look like as he explains it in simple, powerful terms. And the goal for looking into the subject of the Christian life or what that looks like or what a summary of what its purpose is, is more than just to inform us, but it should be to deepen our understanding and clear the lens for how we look at our lives. Paul looks at his life through the lens of his calling. His life is put in perspective by the his calling by God. And we turn to Ephesians to look at Paul's perspective uh, of the Christian life. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul writes, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And we're going to be focusing on the phrase, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. In the Greek, the word implore starts off the sentence. In implore or parakaleo means to call for, invite, or to call to one side. And it can be used to, to mean to urge or to exhort. Uh, the sense of this word means to strongly encourage a response of action. Uh, the truth that uh, we will be addressing is intended, or that Paul is writing about, is intended to produce a response of action. And he has a sense of emotional appeal behind it. There's an an urgency, a earnest desire to see it have an effect on his audience. Next, Paul tells the believers to walk. Uh, Walk is frequently used by Paul as a metaphor to describe the way a person lives or behaves. You see that a lot in Pauline literature. Paul's addressing the lifestyle of those who follow Christ. Uh, Chapters 4 through 6 of Ephesians focuses on what the life of a believer should look like based on the theology described in chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians. Uh, Paul then leads to a summary from saying, I implore you to walk, to what he wants, it, how he wants Christians to walk in the first place, in a manner worthy of the calling. In a manner worthy is the Greek word axios, and it means suitably, in a manner becoming, or of weight. And it describes a fitting action or an appropriate action because of something else or in light of something else. 
Paul stresses that the Christian life should be in a condition that represents or reflects something else fittingly or appropriately. Now, what is that thing that Paul thinks the Christian life should represent well or should be in a worthy condition of? Well, it's the calling. And the calling just simply refers to the in the Greek as an invitation. And so the Christian life should suitably reflect the calling of the Christian. Now, this begs the question, what is the calling that Paul is referring to? We see what the calling is uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. And Paul writes this, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. So that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that just as it is written... Let him who boasts, boasts in the Lord. When Paul writes the Corinthians to consider their salvific calling, he directs them to God's choice of them. So calling refers to the choice of God to show grace to an individual sinner and work in their lives in such a way that God would bring that sinner effectually and irresistibly into a relationship with him through his son. So basically, the calling Paul is referring to in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, is the work of God done by his grace to bring someone to salvation. This calling in Ephesians 4, 1 summarizes the truth that Paul has covered in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, the election of God's people, the predestination of God's family, the adoption of his chosen, the death of his beloved son to reconcile his people, the sealing of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who would believe, uh, the making of believers alive in Christ despite our being dead in sin, uh, bringing both Jews and Gentiles into the body of Christ as fellow members and partakers of the blessings in Christ. All of those things and more that God has done for his people, Paul urges believers in Ephesians 4.1 to walk or live in a manner worthy or fitting of God's work. In light of these great things that God has done to provide, accomplish, and secure the salvation of his people that you and I have, we as his people should live in such a way that reflects the glorious nature of our salvation. That is Paul's focus on the Christian life. Consider this example. Imagine a king sharing with a poor, dirty, smelly, crippled beggar who lives out on the streets the rights, privileges, and blessings and possession that belongs to his son. The beggar is brought from the court or brought before the court of the king with his son at his right, to whom everything belongs and all the blessings belong to his son. Before his whole court, the king declares the beggar to become a member of his family. The beggar is washed, dressed, crowned, his name written in the records with the king's family, a room in the palace allotted to him. He is given access to the wealth of the king, and he is fed 
at the king's table. Would you expect the lifestyle and the condition of that beggar to change from then on? Or would the beggar return to the streets to assume his old lifestyle and habits? The declaration of the king changing the condition of the beggar should make the beggar fittingly or lifestyle change dramatically because of his changed condition. Our salvation should be the motivation in the standard for how we live our lives. The extent of God's love for us should move us to show love to others. The grace of God displayed for us by giving us his son in the faith to believe in his son should energize us to be gracious to others. The depth of God's mercy towards us in our transgressions and sins should give us the perspective for how we should respond to others' sin against us. The forgiveness of God should lead us to forgive others. The justice of God, perfectly satisfied, should make us understand the importance of righteous punishment and make us want to love holiness. The truth we find in salvation gives the Christian limitless reasons to live in a manner worthy of salvation. Walking worthy of the calling with which we have been called doesn't mean that our works save us or keep us saved, but that a worthy lifestyle is expected for those who God is working within. Consider Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. So then, my beloved, just as you always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. A worthy lifestyle flows from the work of God in a person's life. A worthy lifestyle isn't an independent product of a man trying to secure the calling of God, but a product of God's work in an individual that he has called. Now let's look at other uh, passages that where Paul urges believers to live or behave in a worthy way. And we see in these passages that he uses other biblical realities as standards for living as well. We see in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Christians are to live in a manner fitting of who Jesus is. The fact that the that he is the perfect master and sovereign Lord should shape our lifestyle. Who Jesus is and what he has done should influence the, the direction of our lifestyle as his followers. Paul alludes to this type of focus on the Christian life again in 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. So that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom in glory. Christians are to live in a manner fitting of who God is. God is worthy of all praise and glory for everything that he is and everything that he has done. And the Christian lifestyle should fittingly reflect the greatness and the glory of who God is. Or consider also Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Christians should conduct themselves in a manner proper for the glory and greatness of the gospel. The gospel is the good news, the message that contains the power of God to transform and change a person from condemned to redeemed. 
to transform their nature, to change their very being. The gospel is perfect, glorious, and powerful. And the lives of those saved by the gospel should reflect the greatness of the gospel. So in conclusion, a greater understanding and thankfulness for the work of God in our salvation should naturally produce a lifestyle that greater reflects the will and the character of God. So are you walking in a worthy manner that reflects the greatness of the salvation that you have by God's grace? Thank you for tuning in to Touchpoints. Points.